Hi and welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast. My name is Derek and this is episode number 73 and it's the Halloween special. Of course, like every year, like we did last year, we have an episode a special that we're going to dedicate to Halloween. Just like, well, actually last year uh, for the whole uh, October month, we did an episode per week, you know, dedicated to Halloween. But for this year, because, you know, 2020 has been very uh, different and unique and chaotic at the same time, uh, you know, things happen. And now we're going to dedicate only one special episode to Halloween. But even that is going to be a, a very nice one. And I actually going to talk about a game that I really, really was looking forward to record an episode about it, which is the Cthulhu Dead May Die by Simon Games, uh, and is designed by Rob W. and Eric M. Lang, uh, as you can uh, read on the title of the episode. Also, I want to, you know, um, re uh, remind you that if this is your first time in the podcast, well, this is about remind you, I guess. If this is your first time in the podcast, well, this is a podcast where we talk about board games, of course, uh, more especially into solo and cooperative board games, but once in a while, we talk about competitive games as well that they cannot be played solo. And talking about this, I also want to mention that if you want to support the show, please go and check out uh, kickstartedgames.com. That's kickstartedgames.com. Uh, and you will find a lot of games, a lot of Kickstarter exclusives that you can get right now. Um, and if you spend $100 or $99 and or more, you get free shipping. Plus, if you mention the code SOLOBG, you get 15% off from your total purchase. And that's a big way that you can support the show and also get some amazing games from our friend from kickstartedgames.com. And I also want to throw a big shout out to my friends from the OP Games because I just received a package of goodies, which they include a Harry Potter Dead... Uh, that, uh, that Eater's Rising, which is from the series of the Thanos Rising and the Star Wars Rising, uh, and also now with the new SpongeBob. Well, I got the Harry Potter version one, and I also got uh, deck building Harry Potter's uh, Hogwarts Battle. I got a party game. It seems like a party game. I haven't tried it. Hughes and Cues that I'm very excited to try it, and code names uh, Disney Family Edition. So uh, thank you so much to my friends from the OP because they sent me this package of goodies. And also... A big, big, big thanks to my friends from Mighty Boards because I just received as well uh, a very epic game called Post-Human Saga uh, with the Post-Human Saga Resistance exp expansion and the deluxe components because we're going to do an episode very soon about this new Kickstarter that they're going to release on November 2020 uh, with an expansion for Post-Human Saga, which I'm pretty sure they also going to have the game and the deluxe edition over there on Kickstarter. Anyway, there you go. A lot of information before we start. Like I said, this is the Halloween special. It's gonna very it's gonna be a very interesting one because this game, Cthulhu Dead May Die, I was looking forward to share my thoughts with you. If you have been uh, listening to the podcast on the previous episodes, you know that I'm telling you the truth because I don't want to spoil it too much, but we're going to talk about Cthulhu Dead May Die. And like always, let's start in this episode number 73 in 3, 2, 1.
Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Okay, so now we are officially kicking in episode number 73 of Solo BG Podcast. And we are talking, or we're going to talk about Cthulhu That May Die by Simon Games. And once again, designed by Rob W. and Eric M. Lang. Episode 73. Wow. I know every time I say the same, but, you know, it's it's getting there. I mean, I feel, I feel so, so happy that I've been able to share my thoughts with you during 73 episodes and talk about board games. Let me tell you, let me share with you what I have been playing most recently since last week recording uh, and since last week episode. I also actually play a game from the same creators and the same designer from Mystic Veil uh, and from the publisher AEG. And I'm talking about this huge box full of components and cards and and, 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 and board and everything. Uh, I'm talking about this a special one called Edge of Darkness, uh, which I believe, I don't quote me on this, but I believe this is, an, this is an ex- a Kickstarter exclusive, I think. Um, I play Edge of Darkness actually two times, and it has that same mechanic of Mystic Veil and that actually you can find as well in other game that uh, is from e- AEG that is also sort of like with the same mechanic uh, of his living cards. I don't remember the name right now. Uh, but it's a card crafting game as well. And anyway, uh, Edge of Darkness, it's a card crafting game uh, that you basically are going to be modifying these cards with sleeves on it. You're going to be filling different space on this uh, tarot card size. And each space is going to give you different abilities. And basically, you're going to be trying to place miniatures that you will get from your tableau uh, on different locations on the board. In that way, you can get different uh, actions during the game, sort of actions like hunting, actions like recruiting more heroes or more miniatures to your tableau. In that way, you can use them. Some actions that they will help you to, uh, you know, to defend from the bad guys and actions that they will uh, allow you to get more money, you know, in different in different turns. And it's just a victory point uh, based game. Now. It has a very, very cool component that is probably my favorite part of the game, which is like a tower where you're going to lay out three enemies, and then below those three enemies is going to be three different areas. So every round, every player, according to the cards that they uh, drafted on, on previous uh, turns, they will, get, they will get certain amount of random color cubes that they will draw from a bag. And each character will have a certain color. You can be the character with the red color or the green one or the purple. So the players, the, I'm sorry, the colors that are playing on the game, they will be mixed on the back as long, uh, also with black cubes. So you will be drawing cubes from there and then you will be placing them in this kind of like sort of dice tower that it will uh, randomly um, place those cubes in, t- in three different areas, which is pretty cool, actually. It has a very satisfactory feeling when you <laughs> throw those cubes on the on that dice tower, sort of-ish. And then once you get to a certain number, depending on the number of players on those areas, then it will trigger an attack of the enemy that is in that area towards uh, whoever has the majority of the color 
of the cube's color over there in that area. And if it's black, well, they will attack everybody. Um, if you if you get to defend from them, which is if you tie the same amount of damage that they're doing, well, you get victory points. If you, and also you can hunt them to get victory points. And there's different ways to get victory points, which uh, it's very also unique from there is that every coin and resource that you're going to be getting during the game, it's point. It's a quarter of a point, so it's point twenty-five. So it also has a good math, because I don't remember any other game where you do the final score, and it's like, okay, the first player won with 60.25, and the second player was 58.50, uh, and the third player was 47.75. You know, it's that random, uh, and at some point, I guess, unique style of scoring, or scoring style, but, um, you know, it was interesting. Um, so yeah, basically you're drafting cards, trying to to make them better, to put them on your color, because on your color of your tableau and character, in the way that will give you also victory points during the game. So you want to make sure that you craft those cards, uh, you know, on your side, on your color, or on your team, whatever you want to call them. And it's called uh, Edge of Darkness, I guess, because of the theme that you're trying to, you know, the cards are thematic to the name of the game, I guess, at least for what I played. But I was talking to my friends that I don't feel like this game is thematically attached to the game, if that makes sense, the mechanics. I feel like you could have put anything you want, anything, and call it whatever, and that game could work the same as smoothly and well as it did. Uh, probably from those three uh, games that I mentioned, which one, it's uh, Mystic Veil, and the other one, let me have it here. I think I can pull it from here. In that way, I can tell you the name because I actually, believe me, I'm <laughs> pulling it from my shelf because I have the other game here. It's um, Custom Heroes, and the designer is John DeClaire. Between Custom Heroes, Mystic Veil, and Edge of Darkness, I had to say that probably the one that is still my favorite, it's Custom Heroes from the three of them. Um, and it's just because even if the three of them have the same mechanic of card crafting, Edge of Darkness feels so epic that I was expecting way more. Now, I didn't try it solo. I only tried it competitive. But I was expecting more. And that game, when I was playing it, I read it with my friends as a 3.5, which is still a very good rating for a game. Don't get me wrong. From 0 to 5, a 3.5 is a very good rating. But because of the hype of the game and... Uh, you know, the size of the box and all the components that you get. So far, I was expecting a little bit more. I was expecting for that game to be a 4 for me. Now, it's so epic, and the setup, it seems like, for what I have heard, and I, from my friends, because I don't own the game, it's so, you know, uh, tricky. And especially when you when you finish a game to take all the cards out of the sleeve and put them in order and stuff. It's just, you know, we all agree between a 3.5. It's a solid game. It's fun. But if I have to play a craft karting game and I can choose from Mystic Veil uh, to Edge of Darkness or Custom Heroes, definitely, definitely Custom Heroes will be my go-to. Now, this is talking in a competitive way. In a solitary mode, I have no idea because I know there's a, there's a variant over there about Mystic Veil made by Ricky Royal, which... One of our one of my inspirations to do uh, solo board gaming content, um, and and it seems like good. I mean, I have seen the video and I have never just I have never tried it. But talking exclusively about competitive game, Custom Heroes give me that feeling as well to what I remember. And it's been probably a year since I played Custom Heroes. 
it gave me the same feeling of okay, I'm crafting my crafting my cards and and playing these cards and making these combos and this and that. But it's faster, less complex, and more uh, smooth, I will say. So from John D. Clare, um, from these three games, Mystic Veil, vale, um, uh, Custom Heroes, and Edge of Darkness, I will definitely will always recommend for a competitive way, game uh, Custom Heroes all the time. Plus the price is very affordable. I think the last time I saw a uh, uh, selling of Custom Heroes was actually on last Gen Con on, tw- on 2019, and don't quote me of this, but I remember on the AEG Wood, but I'm sorry, they were selling these games for about ten or twelve dollars, something crazy like that, like super cheap. Um, but anyway, I played Edge of Darkness once again, solid three point five. Um, and this is, here's the catch: <laughs> like I was, I was talking to my friends over there on Game Night, and I was like, I'm the kind of gamer that let's say I go to a friend's house and I play a board game. And if I like it, even if they own it, and I know that that game will be probably the best for that group, I still buy it. Because if I like the game, I'm like, okay, I, wanna, I, I need to get that game in my collection. And I guess that's part of the hobby. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you amazing listeners do the same thing. And it's like, okay, I need to get this game just because I know I'm probably going to play it once a year or, or who knows, right? But I need to own it because it's so good. Edge of Darkness, and I'm, I'm that kind of person. Edge of Darkness, I was like, you know what? I, I'm glad that you own this game and I can play it with you. So that that should give you a hint or, on my thoughts. Once again, it's a solid 3.5. I did enjoy it. Um, I actually won it two times that I have played. Um, but yeah, there is. I mean, not, nothing more to say. That was Edge of Darkness from AEG. I also play Gears of War. Gears of War, the board game by Corey Kanishka. And it's a game, I don't want to lie to you, I think it's from 2012, published by Fantasy Flight, which, by the way, I think they, they I don't know if they're, it is the same publisher, but somebody got the license again from Gears of War, and they're going to do, or they're going to release this year, I don't know if it's, it's out already, the Gears of War, the card game. Anyway, long story short, um, the, my only uh, memory from Gears of War was from the first game on Xbox, and I remember liking it, the video game, not too much. I never finished it or anything like that. Uh, but I remember liking it. You know, like, just like, yeah, it's a cool game. But this game, I was looking for it. And I was able to get it. I think I mentioned this in the previous episode. And I played it. It's so hard. So, so hard. And um, I actually ended up, you know, winning. And, and yeah, I had fun. I really had fun with uh, Gears of War. It's a dungeon crawler. And... Uh, it's hard. It's Corey Kanishka. You know, every every game from Corey Kanishka, it's always hard. Um, and yeah, the game is out of print. It's it's expensive to get. And if you like the game, if you like the theme of Gears of War, just go for it. Uh, otherwise, um, there's there's some other good dungeons and dungeon crawlers out there that probably they do the same thing or even better. So I just wanted to get it because it was Corey Kanishka once again, one of my favorite designers, and I hear. Good thing, nothing but good things about this Gears of War. I was able to get in a good deal, so way cheaper than what it is right now on eBay and some other places. So that's why I got it. Do I recommend to you to spend $150 for the game? No, of course not. But if you ever get on a situation that you can find it for $40, $50, 
then definitely yes, because if not, you will get your money back for sure. So anyway, that's Gears of War. I also played it again, and I lost. I haven't won. I brought to the table a classic one, one of the games that actually brought me into solo board gaming, and I had very good memories of this game. Of this game, I'm sorry. I brought it to the table, to the table once again, designed from one of my favorite designers as well, and. Oh, my friends, if I had a blast. And I'm talking about Robinson Crusoe, designed by Portal Games. And I'm sorry, published by Portal Games and designed by Ignacy Trashevich. Um, Robinson Crusoe, such a classic game. And so I, I don't have to, I, I mean, it, it's crazy not to spoil. It's a fantastic game. It, it's, it's a blast from the past, I guess. And it's a game that it doesn't, I feel like for me, it doesn't age. Like, I still play. I mean, it, it's those kinds of games that the essence of a board game is there. It's. It, I remember, I you know, having those feelings on playing this game from this game from the first time, and being like, "This is blowing my mind. Like, it, this is so good. I want to play solo board games forever and ever." And then I play it again, and it's like, it's really good. It's very hard, but it's very good. It's one of my favorite games, Robinson Crusoe. And I'm looking forward to do an episode and that way we can talk in details about everything. But, I mean, it's, it's not surprised that a lot of people like me love this game. It's a great game. It's very hard and it's supposed to be hard. That's, the, that's one of the charms of this game, that it's, that it's hard, that it's going to challenge you. But if you happen to win, I haven't win, but if you happen to win, I'm pretty sure it's a celebration like like crazy. I mean, it's 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 a great game. I mean, when people ask me like, hey, Derek, which game you recommend me if I want to start on the solo gaming? If you want to go in, if you want to go in in the hobby like what it is in, you must have Robinson Crusoe on your collection, the second edition, and you must play it. And even that, there's a fantastic video uh, tutorial that you can watch right now on by Rodney Smith on their Watch Play Watch It Play uh, channel. He does a great job teaching you the game. It's like a 45-50 minutes video, but it literally shows you. Plus, you have Ricky Royals tutorials as well. Their playthroughs once again. Um, it's 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 a fantastic game. I remember when I met uh, Ignacy on the Gen Con of 2017, I think. I literally took my rulebook with him and I was like, man, sign this rulebook for me because this, for me, it's a great game. It's a masterpiece and it's one of my favorite games ever for solo or cooperative games. So I played Robinson Crusoe. I played two times the Castaway scenario and it's hard. Probably my, my problem is that actually... I'm not using the right character for this uh, first episode, which the one that you should choose in order to, you know, have more chance to win is the carpenter. And that way you can get more wood because basically in the first scenario, you want to get as much as wood as possible, you know, to turn that fire in the way the ship can see you on the last turns and they can rescue you. But I always play with Explorer the Soldier. And so Soldier doesn't help at all on this scenario. Honestly, it doesn't help. But... I don't know. I need to play with the Carpenter probably to, to win and to have that satisfaction. But anyway, Robinson Crusoe, I'm looking forward to do an episode about Robinson Crusoe and talk about the first Martians as well. Probably I can do it together. 
and and talk to you about those two games from Portal Games, which actually Fierce Martian is another game that I do enjoy a lot as well, even if it has a lot of uh, you know bad reputation out there. But uh, anyway, Robinson Crusoe. I mean, even before I release the episode, I will tell you right now: if you have the opportunity to get a Robinson Crusoe game, get it, like completely get it. Like if at some point one of my components go bad. I won't have any problem just because the game is so good in buying another copy. I mean, no problem at all. So there it is for you. I also play Robinson Crusoe. I also play another game that they sent uh, they sent to me very kind from my friends from CGE or uh, Sech Games Republic. They sent me their new game, their new production under Falling Skies. Um, it's a totally solo adventure game. But once again, it brought a blast from the past. <laughs> you are playing literally like a like a sort of like an invasion, alien invasion, uh, board game. You know, like it's it's I'm sorry, uh, arcade game in a board game. It's very very solid, well designed, and I'm looking forward because that will be one of our next episodes to talk about Under Falling Skies. It's a campaign solitary game that basically you're trying to defend your city, different cities around the world, uh, you know, against the UFO and aliens invasion. Uh, and good point for CGE because I, I already tried the demo copy that they sent me um, and I haven't opened the, the full production game that they sent me as well. So thank you very much to CGE and Tony over there. Um, but they have Mexico City and I was so excited when I saw Mexico City. Yes, I actually posted a picture on our Instagram at SoloBG Podcast that you can check it out and also on Twitter and Facebook where I, I put the picture of the of the of the tile that it says uh, uh, Mexico City and you know all the setup and I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna defend now, you know, one of my my country. So it was so nice. Thank you, thank you. I really appreciate it and I got excited and I even got more immersed on the theme. That's a thematic game. Robinson Crusoe is a thematic game. Edge of Darkness is not. There you go. So I, I, so far we're talking about three different, completely different games, of course. But that's what I've been playing. I also play another, another. Uh, you know, it's. I don't know. I don't even know how old is this game. It's very, it's very good. And I'm talking about all oh my goods, all oh my goods. Um, you know, fantastic game, um, card game that it feels like a. It's like a worker placement, pretty much. Um, great game. All my goods. I really enjoy it as well. And I play one of my favorites, also one of my favorite discoveries from 2020. And I'm talking about Glenmore 2. Uh, this, uh, you know, this game comes with like seven or eight expansions or something crazy like that. There's different uh, ways to play this game, sort of like a worker placement. You're placing tiles also on your on your territory. You're trying to expand your territory to get more resources and activate different uh, tiles that you placed before. And it has a very interesting mechanic of scoring um, by resources, but you're competing to the... Uh, if you have five and then somebody has one, you get the difference on points. Um, and it has a very interesting scoring mechanic as well. It's one, it's one game that I really like. I don't own it, but I want to get a copy on my hands. In that way, I can I can try it solo as well now with the new expansion that they just released not too long ago in Kickstarter. Um, and in that way, I can share my thoughts with you about Glenmore 2 and I can tell you my honest opinion. My honest opinion. I'm sorry. After playing solo mode and after playing more games, so far I only played it twice. I did enjoy it. I have. I'm very hyped about the game. I have great hopes that it's gonna keep working better and better. Uh, that's why I don't want to say too much about Glenmore 2. Just I want to say that if you have the opportunity to get a copy and play it, please do. 
uh, because once again, the feeling that I'm getting after two playthroughs is that this is going to be something great, and it has a very good potential to go into those mythic list of favorite games. So that's Glenmore 2. With that being said, it's, it's uh, you know a few minutes in the episode already, and it's time to talk about our Halloween special. Halloween special, Cthulhu Dead May Die, a game by Rob W. and Eric M. Lang. Uh, by Simon Games, this big box, we're going to go in detail to see what we see in the cover, what we see inside the box, the components, the gameplay very briefly, and then I'm going to share my thoughts with you of Cthulhu Dead May Die. And without being said, let's jump into our, fix, uh, into our first section of the show, which is Box and Cover. Box and Cover. Okay, so now we are in the box and cover section of the show. You have Cthulhu Dead May Die, and then you have the big, big, big Cthulhu. When I say big, it's big. The big Cthulhu on the main cover of the box. The box is huge. It's huge. It's nice. I like it. It's heavy. And then you have it on the one on the corner just by kind of great blackish Simon Games. And once again, the name of the designers that I already mentioned. And then if you go to or towards the side of the box, which I'm actually turning it right now because it's very heavy, um, you have Cthulhu Dead May Die. Cthulhu once again chasing you over there on the picture. Um, same designer, same publisher. And then on the back of the big box, you will have a demonstration of how the game looks on your table and all the minis that you're going to get, the components. It plays one to five players. 14 year old plus and it plays in about 90 to 120 minutes uh and it's once again by simon games um and then you have the setup as well the ritual is nearly complete the unspeakable old ones will enter our world you can't stop it you have to destroy them an ancient apocalyptic cold has nearly summoned a great old one into our world is the, its devastating arrival is imminent. Now what? Cthulhu Dead May Die is an action-packed cooperative board game for one to five players to defeat the eldritch horrors from out of space and time. You must embrace madness and work together. You'll need to uncover and solve the mysteries of up to six different episodic stories on this box. Using your unique combination of skills and insanities, fighting wide array of terrible monsters, from across the mythos. Then you must disrupt the ritual just long enough to make the Elder One vulnerable and kill it. Death. That's it. Destroy it. It's probably a one-way trip, but you're up for it, right? They ask you on Cthulhu Dead May Die. So now that we talk about the box and cover, which once again, the art of this game on the box... Top of the notch. Like, this is a game that you want to display, like, Curious the Cthulhu. Actually, actually, on the Kickstarter version, which this is the retail version, uh, you could go all in, and you could get the, that hum humongous statue of Cthulhu, like, huge. I don't know for what, but <laughs> you will get a big statue of Cthulhu, which I'm pretty sure you, some of you amazing listeners have it, and it's just crazy. It's like Cthulhu in all his sp splendor, you know, like, showing there. So, um... So yeah, I want to make sure that and make it clear that we're going to talk about the retail version. I don't have any Kickstarter exclusive. I don't have anything like that. But the gameplay is the same. 
All right, so now that we talk about the boxing cover, let's see and let's see what we find out and let's hear what we find out and let's go into detail of what we found inside the box of Cthulhu, Dead May Die. Inside the box. All righty, so literally, when I'm recording, I'm having with my left hand a microphone and my right hand, I'm literally talking to my table <laughs> because I'm talking to you, amazing listeners. Uh, and I record in my game room in that way I can have that feeling of games. Um, anyway, usually I move the box around and show you like, oh, I love to do this and whatever. And you can hear like the components moving. This thing is super <laughs> heavy. Uh, I mean, I can try. Let me see. Okay, here it is. Here's for you. All right, I did it. I did it. Good. But this this box is super heavy, and um, I'm trying to, you know, to hold the microphone and not do a mess here on the table. But let's see. Let's do the audio unboxing, and let's open this Cthulhu that may die together. Sorry if my voice goes away. It's because I need to use both of my hands, and it's open. Got it. The first thing that you're going to find inside, it's a huge, huge rule book. Very nice, and it's about 19 double-sided color, full-color pages of Cthulhu Dead May Die. The rulebook, very straightforward, you know. Uh, Simon did a good job with the rulebook, and on the back, it has the rules summary, which I always appreciate when they put all the what's going on right on your turn and your run and all that stuff. What do you get, a, get inside the box? The first thing you get, it's a tableau, where that is going to, have spaces where the um, enemy, or in this case Cthulhu, or the other one, is going to be on the track, right? They also have a space for the Elder One, for the card, the episode that you're going to play, the Elder One minions, and everything else. Then you're going to have a bunch of characters, such as, uh, let's bring them here right now, a bunch of characters from the base game. Once again, this is the retail version. You get Elizabeth, you get Rasputin, and they all have different abilities. Very nice uh Tableaus that you're gonna get from them, and actually, if you if you flip them uh, face down, I guess you will have another illustration, which the art is. We're gonna talk about the art at the end, um, and then it has a little a little biography, right, about if each one of them. Very, uh, some of them very macabre, I guess, uh, like Rasputin from Moscow, Russia, and he's like <clears throat> dead again, and then he has a biography, like what's going on. You have Sister Beth as well. She is from Bogota, Colombia, and also. A bunch of information. There you have Borden, which I'm assuming is Lizzie Borden, the creepy lady with the axe. Um, you know, you have her, her, and she's from Fall River, Massachusetts. Um, two things are certain in life, death and axes. That's what Lizzie Borden tells you. So that's one of the heroes here. Uh, you have Ahmed. I hope I pronounced it correctly. That's another guy. You also have Fatima or Fatima. You also have... Uh, uh, Adam or Lord Adam Benchley from Manchester, England. Should first never ask. I like that guy. Uh, then you have um, John Morgan from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Very close, actually. An hour driving from where I am, which is in Annapolis, Indiana. An hour and a half. And he's sort of like an Indiana Jones, but, you know, since we don't have the rights, I guess we call him Morgan. <laughs> and uh, he is uh, basically Indiana Jones. And he says, even, 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 even something, quote, like if you're a very geek person, nerd person like like me, he says, I got about feeling about this. That sounds familiar. Guess what? From Star Wars, Harrison Ford. Guess what? Han Solo. Guess what? The same guy to play Indiana Jones. 
guess what? Lucasfilms. <laughs> so, there you go. You have it, right? And then you have uh, Sergeant Ian Wells. He is from Jonesboro, Maine. And they have they have surrounded those poor bastards. He doesn't have a one, one hand, but he doesn't care because he has a gun on the other one. And the creepiest, 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 creepiest one from the game is not Cthulhu. Forget about Cthulhu. Cthulhu is okay. And then we have a baby Cthulhu. He's fine, too. It's like baby Yoda. But we have the kid. You know what her quote is? This creepy kid. It's ha, 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 ha. Multiple times. The kid, origin unknown. Uh, and she's creepy as 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 whatever you word you want to you want to use, uh, and she has a, a hand with fire in a book that I don't want to even think what book is that, um, and that's what you get in the game. Um, also, you get a bunch of miniatures from all the characters, um, and a lot of um, you know uh, tableaus that you're gonna be making the board from it because once again. This is not a dungeon crawler game because you're not going to be... Ex well, you're going to be exploring, but... Oh, hold on. I'm trying to bring everything outside. You're going to be exploring, but not not like exploring like, like crazy, right? So, also, you're going to get 45 high, uh, you know, uh, the miniatures. Uh, you have uh, all the characters. You have the Cthulhu. You have the villains. You have um, other, like, the vampires and different uh, goals that they're going to be spawning during the game. Um, you have the baby Cthulhu, that I like to call. Uh, I think it's the star spawn. Um, you have the miniatures for the characters that I just mentioned. You have uh, also the, the storyboard, which is pretty cool, uh, which is the one where you place all the sections. You get the investigator boards, which is the one that I already mentioned, the 64 Mythos card, 90 Discovery cards, uh, cards from Insanity, the Elder Ones, um, the Minion cards from those Elder Ones. That, um, you're going to get on this base game six different episodes and each episode will have components inside that they will be getting mixed with the mythos cards from the base game to you know have different gameplays depending on the episode now there is a season two over there or there an expansion that has more episodes in that one you can have multiple or even more replayability and more story um you're gonna get their monster cards of each episode you're gonna get eight custom dice that you're gonna use for combat because this is a very dice chuckle game. And you're going to get five color bases for each mini. Uh, the plastic markers. And a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of damage tokens. And so on and so forth. From different episodes that they're going to be interacting with the board during the game. Now that we talk about the components of the game. We will be right back after this. And then we're going to talk about the gameplay of the game. Are you looking for that Kickstarter game that you missed during the Kickstarter campaign? Are you looking for that awesome and mythic expansion for one of your favorite board games? Are you sad because you didn't got the Kickstarter version of that game? Or perhaps you are like me and like to get a game with Kickstarter exclusive components and stretch goals? Well, don't look any further and go right now to kickstartergames.com there you will find kickstarter board games expansions kickstarter exclusive content graphic novels rpg novels toys and collectibles and much more kickstarter games is my favorite site to go and get those amazing games that i want to have on my gaming collection plus they offer free shipping in the u.s 
when you spend $99 or more. And if that wasn't enough, right now you can get a 15% off if you use the code SOLOBG. That's right, use the code SOLOBG altogether and obtain 15% off from your total purchase. So go right now and check it out while you listen to this episode. Once again, www.kickstartedgames.com and enjoy all those amazing games. Game play. Alright, so how does Cthulhu Dead May Die plays? I'm going to try to make it simple because it's actually a simple game. It's not that complex, all right? So, Cthulhu Dead May Die, you're going to choose which episode are you playing. And then on the back of each episode, it's going, well, in, I'm sorry, inside of each episode box, you will have like a, like a story card, what is your objective and all that stuff. You're going to get the different monsters. Usually you get two different monsters, at least from this for this uh, season version, you will get two different monsters. Um, and then you're going to choose your heroes as well. But basically, uh, the, the back of that card, the story card, it will have a setup and you're going to set up the game and it will show you what is your objective. For example, you can uh, try to find different tomes and once you find them, you got to go to a certain play. Once you find them, I'm sorry, you can uh, wake the elder one, right? Which I will explain a little bit how it works. So anyway, you will have already the, the board set up. So the exploration, it won't be as much as discovering tiles. It will be more about spawning enemies. And also you will be going through different rounds. For example, uh, you know, first you're going to take three actions. You can run, you can attack, you can rest, you can trade, or you can do certain episode actions, once again, that they're going to be dictated through the episode that you're playing. Then you're going to draw a Mythos card. Of course, every Cthulhu game will have a Mythos face or a Mythos deck or whatever it's called, but it's a Mythos card from the Mythos deck. Now, that Mythos deck, it's mixed from the, um, from the from the enemy that you want to choose to play with and also from the episode that you're playing with. So you're going to mix those two and in that way every episode can be different if you try it with different enemies. Once you get that Mythos uh, deck you shuffle and then you draw a card at this time after you do the three, uh, the three actions, you know. Now those cards are going to have uh, summon symbols and if you have a summon symbol, you will just keep it visible, make sure to keep it visible because once you get three, on the main uh, storyboard, there's a track of different spaces where the monster... We we're going to keep calling Cthulhu, right? Because usually you're going to play with Cthulhu. Because Cthulhu is the most thematic, you know, elder one from the game. Every time that you get three symbols, Cthulhu will advance on the track. You're going to shuffle the deck again and he start over that deck. But the idea is that if Cthulhu is reached to a certain point in the track, he dances spawn on the table... And that's it. I mean, it's gonna be very hard because he's gonna be a big mini, and he's gonna try. <laughs> he's gonna try to kill you with all his anger and energy and and scariness, I guess. So you don't want Cthulhu to spawn. That's the first thing. So anyway, you resolve the special effects on the Mythos card, and you will spawn or summon enemies in different gates that they will be predetermined once again depending on the episode or uh, the uh, yeah, and the episode or the goal that you have on the game. Then you will investigate or fight, which is simple means that if you're with an enemy in a space with an enemy, you have to fight. Basically, you're trying to defend from him because he's gonna, him or he or her is gonna try to attack you. 
um, if you are in, in, in an area where no enemies are there, then you can investigate, which is drawing cards, and they will give you more abilities to your character. And then the end of the turn will come, where is when you want to resolve any uh, turn, turn, end of the turn effects, you're going to check for fire, which because there could be fire, you're going to roll for fire to see if, if, it ex if it expands or if it makes damage. Um, you're going to check to see if you got, the, once again, like I mentioned before, the tree um, uh, symbol uh, from the Midas card, uh, which is called the summoning symbol. And if you have three of those, then you move Cthulhu on the track and you hope that he doesn't get to the area where he's going to spawn now. Um, you know, you check for the that Cthulhu to spawn, and then that's it. Then, if he, unless the other one has any effects, they will trigger. Now, the game you will be playing like that once again, trying to accomplish different different objectives. I'm sorry, and most of those objectives will always, or certainly will almost always, uh, provoke the disruption of the ritual of the game. It, and that basically means that if you disrupt the ritual. Before Cthulhu, once again, we're going to call Cthulhu the main enemy, reaches to the track where he's going, you spawn him and you have more time to kill him. Because the interesting mechanic of the game, and it has like a timer, is that below Cthulhu, you're going to play a summon token. Let's call a summon token or an elder one token or whatever. Even if Cthulhu is a spawn, that token, every time that we have three symbols drawn from the Mythos deck, which is every round, um, you're going to get a card of those. If you get three, you advance Cthulhu and also that token that is below him. If Cthulhu is a spawn, that token will keep advancing every time that you get three of those symbols. So that's the other timer that the game has. So the latest that it takes for Cthulhu to spawn on the, on the board the worse that it will be for you to kill him because you have less time to kill him. And believe me, Cthulhu is going to be hard because you had to defeat him like in three or four different stages. And every stage he almost die, more dies, I'm sorry, and he's harder and harder and harder. So the faster that you can disrupt that ritual, you know, explore, well, let's sort of like go around the, the, the main um, scenario board and trying to accomplish whatever you have to accomplish in order to disrupt the ritual. The sooner you do that, the better, because you bring the enemy, once again, Cthulhu to the board, and you have more time to kill him. Because in this game, you either kill or you are killed. So that's basically how you win the game. Because the game will end if you win, which is you defeat the final stage of the other one. That means his last card and he's dead. Or... You lose if all investigators are eliminated before eliminated before the elder in summon. All investigators are eliminated, or the progression token reach the final summoning track at space. Once again, remember that token that I told you. That stuff is that thing is gonna keep advancing. So that's your timer. So you have to kill Cthulhu before that, which it can be very very scary. And that's basically it. Now, on your turn as well, you're gonna roll dice to do different things like when you're attacking or you're trying to accomplish certain things. If you get an exclamation mark, that's a success. That's fine. That's what you want. You want certain numbers of those to do different things. If you get an elder sign, that one, it will require certain abilities on your characters that you can trigger. The interesting thing about this game is that we all have a, like a health track, right? All the characters. Or, or like sanity track. 
to all. You have the, the hell track and different things. But anyway, you have the sanity track on your character. And every time that you roll a tentacle on your dice, you lose one sanity. So you start to go more crazy. But as you go more crazy, you will reach certain spawns on your tableau on your character that they will allow you to increase or improve one of your abilities from your character. So the crazy you go, the more powerful you get. Because also, not only are you going to improve one of your abilities, also, you're going to be able to roll extra dice for your attacks or for your actions. So that's that's good. So, I, you know, that's a very interesting thing that I don't think I have seen in any other Cthulhu HP Lovecraft game where, like, the crazier you go, the powerful you get. So that's interesting and scary at the same time, uh, you know, with everything happening around the world right now. Uh, and, well, it's Halloween, so we got to get immersive. But, uh, well, yeah, it, it, it has that track that is very, very, very um, interesting. You also have a strength track that you can use to re-roll dice and stuff. But if you go all the way down, well, you cannot re-roll anymore. And also, um, you have a health track where you can basically get killed because once again, this is dead may die, and you either kill or you're going to get killed. That's basically very briefly of how Cthulhu dead may die uh, plays. And now that we talk about how it plays, let's go into our next section where I will share you my thoughts of Cthulhu dead may die. Remember, like I mentioned before, this is an episode that I was looking forward to share with you, to, to, to talk with you, to discuss with you about Cthulhu Dead May Die because I got this game this 2020 and and let me share let me share with you and I will tell you if I play if I rather play this game solo or cooperative solo or cooperative Cthulhu Dead May Die once again published by Simon Games and it's just every time that you get a Simon Games it feels like, here it goes, a bunch of miniatures, a bunch of plastic. And sometimes, sometimes, it doesn't work. Even if they throw you like a hundred plastic miniatures or a thousand, sometimes it doesn't work. But sometimes it does work. And let me start with the pro things of Cthulhu that may die. Pro, it's a very immersive game. It's a very immersive game. Cthulhu Dead May Die has that, has that ten tension in a different way, for example, versus Mansions of Madness, which is one of my favorite games as well. Why? Because on this game, the tension is there, but you're not exploring. You're not with that... Uh, insertity of like, okay, what am I? Which room I'm gonna find? And if I go that way, uh, am I gonna find this character that I'm looking for? No, 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 no. That's Mansions of Madness, and that's another way for Fantasy Flight to develop HP uh, Lovecraft. Here in Cthulhu Dead May Die, it has a very clever way that the board is there. You already know what it's out there. You already know all the levels. You already know where the gates are and which, uh, you know, which enemies can spawn during the game. You, you have all the information already about that. Now, is the tension like, okay, I know he's there. I need to go and kill him 
because if not, he's going to kill me. So it's a different tension because the tracking is advancing. Every mythos phase that is going on, it's high. The chances are very high that you're going to get a summon symbol. And when, every time that you draw a summon symbol, mythos card, you are with that tension like, oh, man, if, if one more gets drawn, then he's going to advance and that uh, tracker token is advancing or probably now is the time for him that he's going to spawn or I want to buy more time to do the, disrupt this ritual. So that tension comes from there, definitely. And you have these big minis, which I'm going to talk about the components in a little bit. You have these big minis that are just chasing you and looking at you and telling you, I'm coming towards you. I'm coming towards you. And I'm going to go and kill your character. And you have that tension. You really feel like you had to. you have to hurry and accomplish your goal before a stupid Cthulhu jumps in the board and kills you. So you have the tension in that way, which is very different. Uh, it's 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 a very different experience that I have that I experienced with this uh, Cthulhu Dead May Die, and it's 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 crazy. I have to say it because how many HP Lovecraft games we have out there? Just think about it. How many we have from Fantasy Flight? All the collections going from Eldritch Horror, Arkham Horrors, Mansions of Madness, Elder Sign, Final Hour, Arkham Horror, the the card game. Then you have. Uh, the Cthulhu, the deck building game. Uh, you have the Cthulhu, the, the realms. Uh, you, you have Cthulhu everywhere, basically. You have a bunch of RPGs of Cthulhu, which I know they're different, right? It's going to You're going to an RPG. But what I want to say is that usually those games, they feel similar. They feel like, okay, okay, uh, you know, the same. Even if they're exploring in different, different ways, you kind of get the same feeling. This one from Simon, completely different. Completely different. So that's that's two points that I, I, I want to combine. There are two positive things of Cthulhu that may die. Uh, one's, one, the, the tension that it has, uh, which is very good. Uh, and two, the, the, the way it plays and the unique and different uh, mechanics that this game brings and the way of, of how uh, the tension develops. So those, I guess, sort of two combine uh, positive things. Third thing, the immersion, the game, the, it has that immersiveness. And you know what? Do you know where that immersiveness comes from? Yes, Cthulhu. Cthulhu is there. The monsters are there. But the characters, I feel like the characters are a big part of this game. They are so well developed uh, with the skills, with their with their health tracks, with the insanity abilities. Uh, with their even their background, their biography, it's cool to read. You don't have to read that much. Sometimes, and I have to be honest, when I get a game, they put biographies on the cards. And sometimes I'm like, well, I don't care. I want to play, whatever, right? And I mean, I don't let that like to really got me into the game. You know, a biography of a, of a character is like, yeah, it's cool, flavor text, whatever. This one, it's flavor text. Yes, it is. But it's so good, so well developed. I liked it. I mean, the characters, I like most of the characters from the game, except the creepy girl. <laughs> that one I don't, because she's creepy. But, I mean, the, the immersiveness, the, the characters really do help you to get that immersiveness on the game. So that's a third point, a very positive third point for Cthulhu that may die. Four positive point. The replayability, even from the base game, okay? Even from the base game, you get six episodes, all right? And two main, uh, I guess, elder ones or enemies, okay? Even if you mix those two on each game, and let's say you win on each game, very, let's say you win, you win on the first time, okay? Which I know is hard, <laughs> and I know it's, it's uh, kind of a... Uh, 
Uh, yeah, no. But anyway, let's say you, you win the six episodes, first try against Cthulhu. Then you play against about the against the other elder one. And you play another six episodes and you win. So that's 12 plays. But remember, I told you that the characters are so well developed and they're so different. Okay, you play with Rasputin and the girl all those 12 episodes. Guess what? You still have many other characters that you can bring. So just think about that way. I mean, I would say that at least you get you get a lot of replayability from this game. Honestly, I do. And even if it wasn't enough, you can get the expansion that add more episodes. And I can easily see uh, <clears throat> Simon Games and Eric Emilang and Rob W bringing more ca- more expansions to the game. Actually, um, there was a Kickstarter not too long ago about the Simon Comics that they came with more characters. And I want to say more stories for this game. Probably I'm wrong with that. But you have more characters, which once again brings more replayability. I haven't tried the expansion, and I have played this game many times, and I don't get, you know, uh, wasted with the replayability. Even if it's the same scenario, it's just because the tension is there, and the tension really helps you. Like a very good video game, especially the old ones where you used to play over and over and over, and it was the same thing, but it was challenging. This is what this is the feeling that it gets me on this game. It's it's challenging, it's fun, it's it's rock and roll, and I want to play it again. You know, I want to have fun again. I want to have that ten, that tension again at versus Cthulhu or the other elder one. I don't care. And I want to play this character, and I want Rasputin, and I want to die, and I want to go crazy. In that way, I can get more powerful. And I know it's scary, but that's another thing, the immersiveness, which I want to make a parenthesis here. It's a great game. It's a great, let me say it again. It's a great and fantastic game for Halloween. Because I know you can be like, Derek, I mean, for Halloween, I don't want to bring Cthulhu there. I already have too many Cthulhu games. Well, this is different. This goes well. Because once again, it's the scariness of the tension that he's going to kill you if you don't kill him. It's great. I mean, it's... That part, and I will close parentheses, a great, fantastic Halloween game. Uh, I wouldn't bring it up to Halloween episode if I didn't like it at all. I will tell you that. Um, now, let's keep going. Uh, replayability is there for sure. Another uh, pro, the components. It's Simon game. Of course, the minis are going to be great quality. Cthulhu, it's great. I haven't had the chance to see the Kickstarter version, which is the statue, like the big statue. And I'm pretty sure I only have seen in pictures. It looks fantastic. <laughs> but the minis here on the retail version, once again, are fantastic. They are great. Even Baby Cthulhu, I call Baby Cthulhu the guy that looks like Cthulhu, but like a Baby Cthulhu, more smaller. I guess the Dead Star Spawn or something like that it's called. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not very familiar with the HP Lovecraft monster names. But um, the Baby Cthulhu, even him looks fantastic. <laughs> he, he looks great. The miniature is great quality. For all of you amazing uh, listeners that you paint minis, you will have a blast with this kind of minis, this type of minis. Always, Simon is always a guarantee of good production on miniatures and plastic and, and, and components. And you don't miss anything of that in this game. Very well produced. Uh, the minis are great. Uh, and, and, and that and that also bring another big plus to the game. Uh, if I'd rather play this game solo or cooperative before that, I will tell you probably the only the only uh, cons from the game. One of the cons from the game is actually the theme. Why? 
because we already have so many HP Lovecraft games out there. And that can be a thing that even if the game is well-developed and well-implemented and is thematic and it has great mechanics, for some people it can be, okay, another Cthulhu game, I don't need it. Another HP Lovecraft game, I don't need it. So that's uh, one of the cons from the game. And honestly, the, all, the other con that I have for the game is that it can be very challenging that at some point that can be a thing that it can take away some of the players and, 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 and you know, just take them away. Why? Because some people do like to win in games. Me, personally, most of the games I lose, and I don't mind. I enjoy it because that's more challenging. But if you are, if you like to win on games, yes, yeah, you can definitely beat this game. It's, yeah, I was tell you, it's, it's Robinson Crusoe is way harder, but it, it's not an easy game. Um, and 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 yeah, if if you, uh, how to say it, if you don't like to lose a lot, this game is gonna make you lose a lot. So that's that's co- probably the other. I, I would say like probably con. Uh, <clears throat> the other the other thing is that the mechanics, even if you have. That that a part of the of the tracking of the Cthulhu game that Cthulhu is advancing and the and the summon track is advancing and that's the timer which is one of my favorite things of the game probably my favorite thing of the game is that other than that the mechanics are very simple well and also the sanity track I actually like it. I forgot to mention the sanity track it's a big pro I really like the, how the crazy you go the powerful you get but also at the, you are at bigger risk of dying um, the other thing is that the mechanics are very simple. You are not discovering anything here. You are. You can move, you can attack, which once again, you will die. You get different amount of successes. You either win the attack or not, or you increase your insanity by the, te- the uh, tentacles that I mentioned. You can rest, of course. You can heal. That's, that's the main action. Um, you can trade, like most of other games. You can do an action of the episode. So those mechanics are very simple. And you will, if you play this game, you will notice that these mechanics are similar to bunch, bunch, bunch of other games. So you're not getting anything new and anything crazy. But once again, it has interesting mechanics from the tracking part in the insanity track on the, each character and the abilities that make also those particular ones very unique. Other than that, it's a very uh, classic action base i will say for players so you're not getting any crazy new mechanic on that end with that being said cthulhu dead may die do i rather play this game solo or cooperative i i think for this game it's it's one of those games that is hard for me to say because i have played solo and i have enjoyed it a lot a lot, a lot, a lot. I have enjoyed this game every time that I bring it to the table when I play it solo. I have played cooperative and I have had the same satisfaction. Um, <clears throat> probably I would say I like it slightly better uh, co-op, uh, solo, I'm sorry, just because another con that it can happen on this game is that this game, as a lot of the majority of the cooperative games, has the big risk of getting an alpha player and telling you basically what to do. That's more of a situation that you can rearrange with your gaming group. But just because of that, I think I'd rather play Cthulhu Dead May Die solo. It's a great, fantastic solo Cthulhu game. Actually, I think, I want to say that that Cthulhu Dead May Die is one of my favorite 
uh, HP Lovecraft team solo games because even Mansions of Madness, I prefer I prefer to play Mansions of Madness cooperative than solo. So I will dare to say that this is my favorite HP Lovecraft for solo game. This one, Cthulhu Dead May Die, is probably my favorite HP Lovecraft solo game. So there you go, I said it. So I much rather play this game solo uh, than cooperative because. I always have a blast, so there you go. If you're looking for a Cthulhu game or HP Lovecraft game, I know there are many out there. I know you will tell me that. But if you haven't tried Cthulhu Dead May Die, I do encourage you, as strongly, as strongly, as strongly encourage you to try it out. Uh, I even encourage you to get a copy because, once again, from all the HP Lovecraft-themed games, this is my favorite solo game. Arkham Horror Game, the LCG from Fantasy Flight. It's a very good, very good game for solo. But call me board gamer if you like. I like the components and I like rolling my dice and I like moving my miniatures. And because of that, Cthulhu Dead May Die, it's for me the best solo game from HP Lovecraft theme out there. It plays very well cooperative. Just be aware. Make sure that, once again, if you're like me, do some some house rules a little bit in, to prevent the alpha player and be like, hey, guys, like we all going to play together, but everybody on their own. <laughs> you know, and we, yeah, we can talk, we can share with whatever ideas, but I do my stuff. Don't tell me what to do. I'm like that when it comes to cooperative. That's why probably I love to play solo because nobody tells me other than me. <laughs> okay, so there you go. Now, from going to zero to five, where zero it's a game that you hate and five it's a game that you love and you can play every time, Cthulhu Dead May Die, for me, is a solid, a strong, 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 solid four. A strong four. It's... um. It has, yes, some uh, usual mechanics that you can find in other places. Yes, it has the Cthulhu theme, the HP Lovecraft theme that we have seen over and over. But once again, it's a solid four. It's a very, very, very good game that I will, I, I'm thinking actually and, and to throw a seal of Solo BG Podcast, which is a must-have seal of, of approval from Solo BG Podcast. This, this will be a must-have seal from solo bg podcast this is a game that you need to get in your collection this is a game that if you're a solo gamer you will have a blast i dare to say that even if you don't like the the theme from cthulhu you will like it because it's different it just feels different and it's a great game for halloween because because the tension that you get from the once again from the timer and how the game evolves in the episodes and the flavor text of the narrative of each episode, what's going on in the characters, it's just a great game for for Halloween. I also think that it, another positive thing that it has is that you can teach this game pretty much to anybody. It has a level of complexity, but not that high. So this game, I can see, uh, you know, you being able to teach uh, to some other of your friends and people and family to teach this game, and probably they will have a blast as well. Now the only thing is that it's 14 year plus just because the even the minis are scary. So so keep that in mind. I mean they're very well detailed and and and, and they're great. So there you go, Cthulhu Dead May Die, Seal of Must Have from Solo BG Podcast. Um and and yeah, get it, try it, have a blast, 
And if, if it doesn't work for you, tell me otherwise. And remember that you can share with me your comments on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Solo BG Podcast. And you can shoot me an, an email as well, sharing me your thoughts from Cthulhu That May Die to solobgpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you are in, uh, listening in iTunes, it would really help the show if you can comment and give us your feedback over there and rate us and subscribe to the show. That All that stuff, it really helps us. And if you want to help us even more and get some amazing games, once again, uh, go to kickstartedgames.com. Once again, kickstartedgames.com. In that way, you can get 15% off from your total purchase and free shipping in the United States above $100. And, and yeah, you will get some great games over there. So that's another way that you can support the show as well. Uh, what's coming up? Coming up, we have a few amazing episodes for the podcast. Next uh, week, we're going to get them. Uh, this episode is airing on Halloween. We don't release it on Friday just because I want to save it for Halloween Day, which is October 31st. And uh, next week, we should have the episode on Friday as well, uh, which is going to be a very nice episode from a very recent new game that I'm pretty sure you will enjoy as much as I'm going to do because... I've been playing that game quite a bit. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. And like always, happy Halloween. And remember... For victory. Go tell your friends. Till next time. See you through the speaker. And at the tabletop. I was working in the lab late one night When my eyes beheld an eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. Wow. From my laboratory in the castle east wow. to the master bedroom where the vampires Girls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included. Killer and...